Lefty, ginger hair, bad teeth, and a pasty face in which freckles, blackheads, and blemishes jostled for space. If it was true about Mrs. Markby and him, she must do it with her eyes tight shut. More importantly, Mrs. Moon thought, he looked as though his character was as maculate as his complexion, and this raised her hopes of the job. Ill luck likes company, as the saying went, and if a man like him could get to be steward of a fine old gentleman's seat like Morland Place, he wouldn't be likely to want a paragon of beauty and virtue in a subordinate position to himself. So, Mrs. Moon, Ferrers began, you are looking for a position. I do find myself in that unfortunate case, Mr. Ferrers, so I won't deceive you, Mrs. Moon said, with a large air. Me and Moon, we had our own little place, the Black Bull, out at Osbaldwick, but things didn't work out just as we planned. Ferrers nodded. He had heard of the Black Bull's misfortunes from Captain Roger Mattock, a boon companion of his master's who liked to frequent low alehouses, and further inquiries had told him all he needed to know about the Black Bull's landlord and lady. It'd be a step down for me to go into service, I don't deny. Mrs. Moon went on. But such an establishment as Morland Place, one of our oldest families, everything most respectable. Well, now, it might be a step down you'd be prepared to take, Ferrers finished for her. It might hardly seem like service at all, she suggested, hopefully. It's my turn to be open with you, Ferrers said, leaning forward confidentially. Mrs. Moon watched the eyes, which were as confidential as a viper's. The service at Moreland Place has declined from what it once was. In the last few years of Lady Moreland's life, she did not concern herself much with the household, and the servants got lazy and careless. As servants will, Mr. Ferrers, if they are not kept up to the mark. The bold-faced idle hussies. You don't need to tell me. Quite so. Well, my poor mistress died last year, as you may know, during the cholera outbreak. Aye, God rest her soul, poor Christian lady. For all I heard, she was next door to a Roman, but very kind and charitable all the same, so they say. And now, after a period of respect for her memory, Ferrers went on as though she had not spoken, I am reorganising the household. "'removing all the servants I don't find satisfactory "'and replacing them with others of my own choice.' "'Mrs. Moon's attention sharpened. "'Now they were coming to it. "'Has your master nothing to say in the matter, Mr. Ferris?' "'Mr. Nicholas Morland is a gentleman of affairs. "'He inherited the entire Morland estate from his mother, "'as well as the trusteeship of the Skelwith estate. "'He is both immensely rich and immensely busy.' Such a man has no time for trivial domestic matters. Which gentlemen don't hardly understand such things anyway, Mr. Ferrers, in my experience? Mrs. Moon agreed comfortably. My master leaves everything to me. As long as he is well served and his needs are simple, he makes no inquiry into the running of the household. Mrs. Moon sat back a little, her stays creaking as though sharing her satisfaction. She'd got Ferrer's measure, all right. 
a gentleman, nor a lady neither, shouldn't be troubled with poking into cupboards and looking at account books and so forth. Just so. Ferrers came abruptly to the point. I am looking for a new housekeeper, Mrs. Moon, and a butler. The present housekeeper and butler have arrived at too comfortable an understanding with each other. For that reason, I would prefer to take on a couple so that I know where I stand from the start. Divided loyalties make for an unhappy house. Mrs. Moon nodded. The new housekeeper would be in authority over the rest of the female servants. He paused with an inquiring look, and Mrs. Moon took the cue. As to that, Mr. Ferris, there's not much I don't know about keeping girls in check. Before her marriage, she had been a wardress on the women felon side of the county jail. The flightiest maid would be no match for her.